Today's shiur will deal with minhagim of the Vilna Gaon, Reb Chaim, and the Rav about Kriyasa Torah. The first point I'd like to make is the when do you tell a Balkriya that he must go back on his laning if he made a mistake? Shulchan Aruch in Simon Kufman base says fairly clearly that the Mechaber says, Kora v'toa afilu b'diktuk osachas magzirim oso. If a person, the Balkriya made a mistake, even one one letter, so then you would make him return, make him go back. Now, when he said you make a mistake in a letter, what does he mean exactly? So, the Mishnabur, for example, says that he added a letter or did not mention a letter. But it seems from the Mishnabur, that's all that the Mechaber meant. The Ramah says that we're even more mekil. And the Ramah says, only in a case where the Inyan is Mishtaneh, when there's a difference in meaning between what the Balkriya said and what it says in the Chumash. But if he made a mistake in Tamea Mikra, what we call in Yiddish the Trap, in English it's called Cantillations, or if he made a mistake in reading the Nikud, perhaps he said, um, instead of saying uh, Sheker, he said Shaker. So perhaps he would say, Ein Machzir Maso, Avogoarimbo. Interesting the phrase that he says, you don't make the Balkriya go back, but you would do Ga'ara Bo. The people might remember that in Chumash, when Yaakov uh, reprimanded Yosef about the dream, says, Vayigar Bo Aviv. And Ibn Ezra there says, Ga'ara means something Sheyeshba Kalon. Now we know in Israel that there's a difference between some sort of a crime that is considered crime, a person goes to jail, but afterwards, it's not considered an, a sign of shame. And a Avera Shiyashba Kalon, which has a shame in it. And the Ibn Ezra says the phrase Goarim Bo is something Shiyashba Kalon. Somehow we would scold him rather harshly if we take that interpretation of Ibn Ezra and put it in the words of the, of the Ramah of Goarim Bo. But more than that, it doesn't seem you have to tell him to go back at all. Now, Ribchayim, was very, very machmer in this area. And Reb Chaim said that on any mistake in, in, in reading the Torah, or even in reading the Haftorah, even if it would be a mistake in the Trap, or the Nikud, certainly if it changes the meaning, you would have to make the Balkriya go back. The story was told about Reb Chaim, that when the Rav, Rabbi Yashaber, Rav Soloveitchik of Boston, was a young man, he once was called to the Torah to get maftir in the shul where Reb Chaim was. And Reb Chaim stood on one side of the bima, the Dayan of Brisk, Reb Simcha Zelig Rieger, stood on the other side, and they told this young fellow that he should realize that he has to be extremely careful when he reads the Haftarah, not to make a mistake at all, 
whether it be a mistake, of course, in meaning, or even a mistake in Ta'amea Mikra, because they're going to make him go back if he makes a mistake. You see that Reb Chaim felt this is true not only in Kriyas HaTorah, but in Kriyas HaTorah as well. In the Megillah, when you read Megillah's Esther, this halacha certainly does not seem to apply. Because in Megillah's Esther, apparently what Reb Chaim felt was that basically it's a story. And the important thing is for Pesume Nisa to read from the cloth to understand the, to get the story straight. And therefore the mistakes are not the same as Kriyas HaTorah, which has a special din of Torah, and for that you have to have precise reading. I don't know anyone who today would be machmir in accordance with the opinion of Reb Chaim. Uh, I read the Torah, the Parashat Tetzaveh, and I know I made a few mistakes in Tamei Mikra. Not only did uh, no one scold me, no one mentioned it to me, no one pointed it out to me, the general custom is if you don't make a terrible mistake, we don't make the Valkyria go back. Um, apparently, the Rav once said it might depend upon the uh, particular situation of uh, how sensitive the people are, how sensitive the Valkyria would be. But in general, the opinion of Reb Chaim seems to be a very, very big chumrah. A similar, a similar question would come if you find a mistake in the Sefer Torah, but a mistake of what we call in Hebrew chesev If there's a an extra vav or lack, or lack of a vav in a Sefer Torah. For example, in the word totafot. The word totafot has a vav or doesn't have a vav? I wonder if the people will know the answer right now. Is it written totafot or is it written as it would be if you would read it as it says, you would read tatpat. So for those people that are curious, go look at it in your Chumash. Go look in Chumash and see if the word Totafot has a Vav or not a Vav. But what would happen if a person read the Torah and, and found out that either the word should be tatpat and it's read tot and it has a Vav or it should be Totafot that doesn't have a Vav? Would you take out another Sefer Torah? The Shulchan Aruch says that if the Ramah says that in Simon Kufmem Gimel, that if you find a mistake, we'll discuss that in a moment. But if you, it's just Chesavieter, so then we don't take out another Sefer Torah because we're not so 100% sure about Chesavieter, and therefore maybe the other won't be any better than the first one. Since we're really not 100% sure about the exact um Details of Chesav Yeter in the entire Chumash. The report is that Reb Chaim disagreed with this Ramah. And he felt that today we would take out a Sefer Torah if, according to our tradition, it is Chaser and they put in a Vav or some, or the opposite, you would take out a new Sefer Torah. And the reason for that would be that the Sefer Torah that we have today is a Sefer Torah according to our Masorah. And Chas V'Shalm should a person say, well, it's not so bad because we don't know what it really is. Our Masorah is absolute. Our Masorah says this is a kosher Sefer Torah. And therefore, according to our Masorah, if you're missing a Vav or you have an extra Vav, you would have to take out 
another Sefer Torah. Here also, Reb Chaim seems to have disagreed with the opinion that's stated in the Shulchan Aruch. One of the customs that I'd like to discuss is something that I remember seeing as a young student in Yeshiva University. The Rav used to come to Yeshiva and give shear on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. When I was first in Yeshiva, the Rav used to come sometimes on Monday, and he would get to Yeshiva University in the afternoon. And apparently, I guess because of traveling, whatever, the Rav had not heard Kriya Torah in the morning. So what he used to do is he used to ask if there would be a minion of people who had not heard Kriya Torah. And if I remember correctly, the Rav wanted to have ten people that did not hear Kriya Torah. And they made a minion just to lane. If I remember correctly, this was not done just at the time, only at the time of Mincha. Even if it wasn't uh, the time when the Tzibur David Mincha, they used to just take out a Sefer Torah, read the Torah with ten people. Baruch Hashem and Yeshim University was possible to find ten people that had not heard Kriya Torah in the morning. And therefore we had a minion for Kriya Torah in the afternoon and the Rav was present. There are two issues here that I'd like to discuss. The first issue is, is it possible, is it permitted to read the Torah in the afternoon, the takana of reading the Torah Mondays and Thursdays is attributed by the Rambam to Moshe Rabbeinu. On the pasuk Vayelchu Shloshes Yamin BaMidbar Matzumayim, Bnei Yisrael traveled three days without water. Now, water is a somehow a code name for Torah, and we learn from here that the Moshe Rabbeinu made a takana that we should never go three days without without hearing the Torah. So he made a takana that we should read Shabbos, morning, Mondays and Thursdays. Ezra came and added specific details of what to, uh, how, how to lane, uh, the aliyahs, etc. Shabbos by Mincha. But the takana is a takana of Rabbeinu. So, the issue of a person missing Kriyasa Torah on Monday and Thursday has been raised in many poskim, I am going to quote, for example, Svarim quoted, cited by Rav Gedalia Felder in his monumental work, Yisodei Yishorun. He raises the issue, firstly, could you read on Tuesday? If a person did not read on Monday, a tzibur or whatever did not read on Monday, could they read on Tuesday? He quotes a sefer called Ateres Zekenim, that says, why not? You fulfill the takana of not going three days without without Torah. Since you lend the Torah on Shabbos, so it's true you miss Sunday and Monday, but you still fulfill the takana by reading on Tuesday. Of course, if you miss the Kriyasa Torah on Thursday, and you heard the Kriyasa Torah on Shabbos and Monday, it won't, ha- it won't help to read on Friday, because you still will have gone three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, without Torah, so reading on Friday wouldn't make any difference. Shabbos, you're going to read the Torah anyway. So the only question would be, could you read the Torah on Tuesday? And the Ateras Kenim says yes. Rav Felder quotes a Sefer Masas Moshe. Rav Felder's Bekiyas and these Svarim is rather remarkable. He quotes many Svarim that I must confess, I don't even know who they are. The Masas Moshe said that's not true, because you can only lane Monday and Thursday, because 
Monday and Thursday are considered Yemei Ratzon. The Chida said it could be true that Monday and Tuesday are preferable as Yemei Ratzon. But still, the, Atari, the Sefer that I quoted, the Ateris Kenim, is still correct in his logic. The original Takana was to go th- not to go three days. You can fulfill that on Tuesday. Be that as it may, the question would be on whether you could read on Tuesday. But we're discussing not reading on Tuesday. We're discussing reading Monday afternoon. So Rafael quotes the Chuva of the Maria Sad, who mentions a story that there was a rabbinic convention in the year Tafresh Hay, 1935, when on the way home, the Maria Asad was with a group of Rabbanim who had not heard Kriyasatara. I guess they were in a train, they were in a place where there was no shul. And they came in the afternoon and they read the Torah. It seems that, according to this opinion, it's certainly... Uh, a, in keeping with the Takana of Moshe Rabbeinu, the Takana was to read on Monday. So this is Monday. What difference does it make if you would do it in the morning or the afternoon? Rafelder also quoted the Ginas Bradim, who said, I mentioned it last week in connection with another issue completely, that the Ginas Vradim said, whenever you want to, you can take out a Sefer Torah. If you have ten people who want to hear Kriyas Torah, you can take it out and say, make brachas on Kriyas HaTorah, dinan limatara b'tzibur. Most people do not accept the opinion of the of this Ginas Vradim, but still it's an opinion to take into account. So, if what I'm saying is true, then reading the Torah in the afternoon of Monday would certainly be uh, acceptable, and you could do that as well on Thursday. Rabbi Steinbach, in his Sefer, Tshuvas van Hagos, relates to this question, and he mentions, he does cite Gedole Israel who did it, but he strongly recommends not doing this on a regular basis, and he points out that when they quote, the Rambam quotes this Takana of Moshe Rabbeinu, he said that Moshe Rabbeinu made the Takana, they should read, Sheni v'chamishi b'shachris. Apparently, Rav Sternbuch felt that part of the Takana was to do a Bishachris. And even though he's aware that Gdolim did do this, Gdolim read the Torah in the afternoon, he still felt this is not something that we should encourage on a one-time ad hoc basis for Gdolim Yisrael and what special occasions, he said you, he understood that it was done. But he did not recommend the practice. The other issue was, my recollection is that the Rav used to ask for ten people who had not heard Kriyasa Torah. He did not want to read the Torah just for himself or even six or seven people who had not heard Kriyasa Torah. He wanted to hear to have ten people who did not hear Kriyasa Torah yet. Again, Rabbi Felder in his Sefer has a whole discussion about this. If you need six or seven to lay the Torah. But to the best of my knowledge, he did not raise the issue that maybe you require ten people. He said there are people who think you need six. He even brought the opinion that you might need um, 
a different amount, but nobody that I saw said that you need 10. It's true on a Tanisibor, you could raise this issue, but we're not going to discuss that right now. However, the what I recollect in my uh, younger years at Yeshiva University is found in the Sefer of Halichas Hagrach. In Halichas Hagrach, it says that, there that Reb Chaim would not want to daven or lane unless there was a, a daven, I mean Chazar Sashatz, or have ten people, or, or have Kriya Torah, or even for Kriya Samagillah. Do we say Rubo Kukulo? Do we say all you need is a rove? Or do we say that you need the entire group? And in the Sefer that I quoted, they try to explain the logic behind this. And they say, is the Chiyuv of Kriya Torah a Chiyuv on ten people? Or is it, a, and if there's no ten people, there's no Chiyuv. Or is the Chiyuv on each individual, but there's a din that you don't do it unless there's ten people. If the idea would be the Chiyuv only applies when there are ten people, then you might argue and say that without the obligation of ten people to create a Torah, the Chiyuv doesn't begin. If you hold it, it's a Chiyuv on each individual, but you can't do it unless there's a minion, then maybe you could have a rove. And he, of course he said that even though I asked the question about Tefillah and Megillah and Kriya Torah, you don't necessarily have the same answer in all the cases. The uh, story was told that Reb Chaim raised this issue if, about Kriya Torah and people said to him that there's a run that says something clearly to the effect that Reb Chaim felt was impossible. Now, the the um, Rebbe Feinstein is related to have said to the Rav that the Milchamos in in um, in Megillah says clearly that it's a Chiyuv HaTzibur and not a Chiyuv HaYachid. At the end, the Reb Chaim said the Ran does not say, or the, the Ramban does not say what the, what the, the Rebellion Feinstein thought it said. And Reb, Reb, with the, uh, the Rebellion Feinstein, the Rav's maternal grandfather, heard the Svara and he said, Midzayne Brisker Ivri. The way he uses his text, his reading of the text, <coughs> he reinterpreted the statement of the Ramban found by the Ran. This, this story is told by Rav Shechter in his Sefer, Nefesh Harav, a whole discussion about 
the Ran and the Ramban in Megillah is not beyond our uh, topic right now, but the idea that you require ten people for a minion for Kriyasatara, ten people would not heard Kriyasatara, it seems to me was the opinion of Rav Salavechik, as well as what's re- reported in the name of Reb Chaim. The Another uh, thing that I want to mention, another issue, is based on the minhagim of the gra about Kriyasatara. Number one, the gra would not necessarily stop the alios where they say, the way they're printed in Chumash. The alios the way they're printed in Archimashim, I really don't know for sure who determined those were the alias. In any event, the Vilna Gaon thought that it's not Torah's Moshe that you must stop in those places. And he would stop wherever there was a parsha, what we call a psucha or a stuma, or in a place where it seems more logical to stop. There are cases in our Chumashim where different Chumashim will have different stops or in different parshios. I've been in many shuls where the Balkriya stopped in one place and the people got all excited because their Chumashim did not have that as a, as a place to stop. And But in the Balkriya's Tikkun or Chumash, whatever he prepared from, that was the place to stop. According to the Gra, there's certainly no reason to follow what it says in one Chumash. And if you stop in a place as long as it makes sense, there's no reason to even suggest that a person should uh, change and go back or continue, whatever the case may be. But there are places where it's known that the Rav did read the Torah a little differently than other people in terms of where to stop. And as I said, the Vilna Gaon really felt this was not a crucial issue at all. The other point that I want to make of right now about the Vilna Gaon is that he said you only should call seven people to the Torah. No Hosafos. Now, it's very customary in many, many places to make Hosafos. The Vilna Gaon was opposed to this idea. Now, I don't know for sure why the Vilna Gaon was bothered by the idea of making more Hosafas. I could suggest two possibilities. Perhaps he felt it was unduly burdensome on the community, what we call Tircha de Tzibura. I've been in many shuls where there's a simcha, whatever, and they call many people to the Torah, and there are people who are quite upset. They feel it takes too long, it's a little bit a break in Kresa Torah. As a matter of fact, it seems to me that when people used to have too many Osafos, it led to the sad situation that many people did not pay that much attention to Kresa Torah. They got involved in whatever they were doing and they just were getting bored and they didn't pay attention anymore to Kresa Torah. So there might be an element of Tirch de Tzibur involved. There might be another reason as well. Perhaps it would be considered a bracha she'enat tzricha. To have extra brachas on Shabbos is, to have extra brachas 
in general, is not a good idea to create a situation where you make extra brachas it would be problematic in halacha, and this might be a bracha shenasricha. There are people who have suggested a reason that today we would have more aliyos, even though they are, uh, they are aware of the opinion of the Vilna Gaon. Firstly, let's remember that the Vilna Gaon davened in a small minyan. Let's say there were 15 people to minyan. The Vilna Gaon knew that everybody in his shul more or less could get an aliyah once every two, three weeks at, at least. There is a Hasidic custom. I uh, remember my Lubavitch friends, you were very makbid on this, if possible, to get an aliyah at least once a month. So, perhaps the Vilna Gaon felt there is no reason to make us us because everybody would get an aliyah anyway. But in a situation where people would not get an aliyah except on Simchas Torah, or once or twice during the year, we have shuls today, there are hundreds of people come to the shul. So, perhaps even the Vilna Gaon would agree that in such a case, it would be proper to call more people to the Torah. Other people have suggested that today, at least in many, many communities, the person who gets an aliyah gives a donation to the shul. This might be considered a mitzvah derabim. You're contributing to the upkeep of the shul or to whatever tzedakah they give. And therefore, it could be that it's worth the additional tircha de tzibura. It's also not going to be considered a bracha shenetzricha because we're doing it for a purpose to have more alias and therefore we'll raise more money for whatever important cause the community felt the money should be given to. Another issue that could be raised is when does Tircha de Tzibura really apply? We're talking firstly on Shabbos. Now, it is true that during the week, the concept of Tircha de Tzibura is some, something that I can certainly relate to very well. Many people are in a rush to get to work they find the minimum amount of time to get to shul. They can handle tefillah b'tzibur, but they have to rush out. Many people I know don't even have the chance to eat breakfast. They grab a cup of coffee someplace and they go straight to work. Some shuls even serve coffee after davening so people can go straight to work. So there's a real issue of terchel tzibur. On Shabbos, which is a day of menucha kedusha. Perhaps the concept of Tichad Tzibur should not apply at least in the same uh, method, in the same meaning that it does on the, on the weekdays. People understand they go to shul and Shabbos. If it's a shul that is custom, the custom of the shul is to have extra aliyahs, then the people come to shul, know that in advance. It's also true that the people who want to get aliyahs might very well f- feel that they're willing to put up with a little Tirchad Tzibura for whatever reason, even if 
if, if, if it's a good reason, maybe they'll get more aliyahs, maybe they'll be more tzedakah. Maybe t'echa t'tzibura is not a factor in such a case. I once saw a tshuva of the Rebbe of Chabad that he was, he recommended that every day in shul, people should say Kaddish. Now it says in Shulchan Aruch that there's a Kaddish that we call a Kaddish Yasam, and there's a Kaddish that people say at every place after Shachris. Some people say a Kaddish after, only after Enkelokainu, some say after Kaddish, only after Aleinu, some say Kaddish even after Shir Shalyam, and a Yasam generally says all of them. What happens if there's no Yasam and Shul? The, the Rebbe apparently felt that it would be proper for someone to say every Kaddish, even if he was not a Chiyuv, but you should say the Kaddish. But then he raised the issue of Tirchad Tzibura. Since, again, we're talking now in weekdays, people are in a rush to get to work, so how could you say that you, you're not a Chiyuv to say Kaddish, but you might as well say Kaddish anyway? So the Rebbe said, because the people that go to Shul on a weekday they know that the chances are there will be a, 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 someone who's a chiyuv to say Kaddish. So when they come to shul, they expect a certain amount of time to spend in shul. They take into account that people are going to say Kaddish after Shishayam, after Enkelkenu, after Aleinu. Just so happens there's no Yasam, there's no chiyuv that day in shul that would not stop the basic idea of how long the person has to be in shul. So, using that argument, a person could say, if the people know in advance that this is the custom of this shul to have extra alias, then it would not be considered people come to the shul knowing that this is the case. As I said before, there are many reasons to assume that we could have extra alias, not in accordance with the custom of the Vilna Gaon, and we could only conjecture whether the Vilna Gaon would agree under the circumstances that we've enumerated above.